Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host, Ryan, this week, and joining me is Crofton. I don't have a cool intro because my bike didn't get stolen, but Crofton, I want to jump right into it because the listeners need to know. Let's get an update on that bike. Did you find it? Did you find the culprit? So, I have video evidence. You got the video somebody. evidence. Let's post it online. Stealing my bike. However... Mm-hmm. Sorry, maybe I should rephrase. First off, hello, listeners. Second, <laughs> secondly, uh, the security office mm-hmm. has the video evidence. They will not show it to me because I am, in their words, not a cop. Uh, and so uh, what they, a, they want make sense. No, they say it does. They said that their video, as building managers, they're only allowed to show video footage to the police or to employees of their like business management office they can't show it to like i'm i'm a tenant of the building like one of the employees in the building they they're like they don't even know you know that bike the bike that was stolen even if i could prove to them that it was my bike Mm. they they have no obligation to show me that and i i guess there's privacy concerns with letting me have access to video footage in any way shape or form so they they want me to go to a police station Mm -hmm. and file a police report and then uh, the cops will come down to their office and they have this is the killer part they have the video. So when I when I went and I said, hey, my bike was ripped off, they actually did work. They sent a guy to like go through the video footage for the day and they found the clip of my bike being ripped off. So the guy who was telling me that he couldn't show me the video was literally watching it while he was talking to me. And I was trying to like lean around his computer and stuff and i'm like mm-hmm. oh yeah he's like no no I, i'm sorry so we played like a game almost where i asked him questions i'm like well can i ask you a couple of questions and uh he's like yes but i can't reveal like you know you can't go chasing after this person or whatever i heard Vigilante. the podcast and all that and That's i know true. that you're you're deranged and all this and i was like yeah 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 but but uh but can you tell me do you think security dude that this person works in our building because that was my big thing like if somebody did work in our building who ripped off the bike well there's a chance i could get it back yeah because i i could track that person down in the building i got ways but um but the guy was like no it's not there's no chance and this guy is like i guess a male thief surprise surprise um the uh, this guy's on their radar or whatever, but the most interesting part was the main reason he was on their radar is because somebody reported their bike stolen yesterday. Uh, an older lady who worked in the department had reported her bike stolen, and the guy who stole her bike brought it back the next day and left it in the bike rack. And I was like, wow, that is crazy. Hmm. Uh, and, and then the security guy is like, yeah, well, uh, you're not going to like the next part of the story. Uh, he left it in the bike rack and then he stole your bike. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, what? I, I'm like, so that's odd. And then he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe he didn't want a woman's bike or something. Or, oh, wow. Uh, a sexist and, thief. And, and I'm like, wait, so he's using the bike and not just selling it? I'm like, well, I guess that makes it a bit better. If he's getting, if he's getting use out, like of as it. long as you're, he's yeah. not putting it out to pasture or taking it to the scrapyard. He's he's like just using it to get around. Like, yeah, that makes me feel better. If I, he's I, like putting it to use instead of like selling it, he's like, I needed, you know, like if I was running after somebody, like I don't know, so and I needed a bike, your bike, maybe I don't know. I think he ripped it off. Like, oh, okay, but but he ripped it off perhaps for his use. So that now, like, here's the deal. I saw this guy biking on like biking on a bike that is of my model uh like on the bike path right and i was looking at him i'm like did this dude rip off my bike and and uh you know i'm like i'm like biking right behind him and i'm looking at the bike and then i'm and then i realized like no it's you know there's stickers and there's just different stuff and it looks Mm. like i can sort of tell that it's not my bike even though it's the same color and stuff but now whenever somebody's on my bike model i'm just gonna be like that dirty bastard that guy's the guy um so, so yeah it's interesting that he would take the bike come back drop it back off like that's so is that 
is this essentially a Canadian? Th- he's a bad guy. He's a thief, but at least he's like, oh well, this bike isn't quite what I wanted. I took it for a, te- I, I stole it for a test drive, brought <laughs> oh, yeah. it back, and was like, you know what? Nah, it's not really my style. But this, this bike one, doesn't yeah. work for me. Uh, yeah, no, but like, why would you return to the scene of the crime? Like with the bike, with the stolen goods, because he doesn't like, want to put potentially... two people out of a bike. That, like he's no. being a good guy, I guess. I don't know. It seems so weird. It's like super I don't weird. get it. So, like, because the security guy's point was, like, maybe you should go back and check to see if he brought your bike back because he brought the other lady's <laughs> bike back. I was like, all right, I'll go check. And surprise, he did not bring it back. Um, and uh, so, but it, I thought the whole thing was odd. So now I have to go, like, this is it. I have to go to the police station, file mm-hmm. a police report. And I asked the guy, I'm like, so if I file a police report, and, and bear in mind, this, I work in a different city than I live in. So going to the police station is a huge pain in the ass. Um and, and I said, if I do this, are the cops actually going to come here and look at the video and all of this? And he said, well, maybe. And I'm like, no, but like, have they in the past for like for this lady and other stuff? Well, the lady thing was kind of recent, so no. But like they have come in the past, but you, you have to call them a few times generally after you file the report. And, and I was like, I, what? Well, they, what? Like, did they, they, did they then find – did they then find the bike? Uh, well, we don't really hear about it or anything, but yeah, I haven't heard of a bike being found again. I was like, well, I'm like, this sounds like a tremendous pain in the ass. I said, my big thing is like, is is getting my the my bike registered as stolen on your on stats, so that like you can be like, okay, there's X amount of bikes stolen here that you're aware that there's a thief around. He's like, oh yeah, well, well yours is in our stats. I'm like, okay, that's good. So the building stats, but do you send it to the cops? So, oh, no, you have to go do that. So, like, (laughs) so now it's like, do I go to the police station and file a police report? And, like, I would have to do that, I guess, you know, like, during my work time, like, take time off and go over. And and I'm going to be off for the next five weeks. I'm going on a long, long vacation. So I can make time to go in and file Mm -hmm. this report for a bike that I'm never going to see again. But anyway, listeners. Tell me, should is should I do this? Should I just be like, forget it? Is it worth sitting in a police station and waiting and filing a report for something I'm never going to see again? Can or you, is there? Do you think there's a glimmer of hope? Do you think Daredevil will come out of the woodwork and go on a mission to find my bike? I don't know. Tell uh, me, what should I do? It's French Daredevil. Ouais. Yeah. Le Diao Saint Par. Wait. Uh, uh, so, well, here's the thing, like. I know here locally in Peterborough, so if you can do it in Peterborough, you must be able to do it, you know, where you are. You can file, um, you can file, report, you can report crimes online. Um, now, mind you, like, it's not, if it's a serious crime, you got to go in. I think a bike being stolen would, would equate to something you could file online, especially if you know you're just trying to make them aware, because that's what we did. So we had vandalism here at the house where someone had um uh, put water in our gas tank and then also like spray painted the van so we reported that online just to show because we knew the cops were going to do anything about it they're dealing with drug issues in town stabbings shootings like all kinds of fun peterborough nonsense we know they're not going to like actively investigate this but it's good for them to be aware because if no one on the street reports anything then the cops don't know it's a problem area if everyone reports something then maybe they start you know sending some units over to do some drive-bys you know like not not like drive-bys and you know what i mean so it's probably a good idea to try the low effort version of reporting it but honestly i wouldn't take a half day to go and report it and it's it's really brutal the way organizations are just terrible at info sharing you think, so, yeah, like that's ridiculous. While you're while you're doing that, mm-hmm. I went on the city of Gatineau's website, mm-hmm. and uh, I d- I did some work, and like it's like being back in the '90s a little bit. Like, yeah, they probably some of it is website. some of it's up to date, some of it's not. But like, because I was like, oh, maybe Ryan's right. Maybe I can yeah. report this crime online. Doesn't look like it. Looks no. Kinda... You'd have to go to the Gatineau Police website. Yeah, that's what I was on. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you went to the city. Yeah, that's unfortunate. No, but it's all under, it's all like they've homogenized all this stuff under the city. What is anyway, it with the government that is just like that that area? Like, let's just throw everything into one website. What's the worst thing that could happen? A lot yeah, of things. Your Anyways. bike gets stolen. Yeah, that's, that's the, the reason your bike thing. got stolen. They consolidated their websites yeah. into Gatineau.ca. Um, well, 
fair listeners, thank you for joining me on that emotional journey. And yeah. that should be the last you hear about my bike. Unless he brings it back. No, that, that wouldn't happen. That never happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, let's let's delve into some dungeons because we had some interesting back and forth on Twitter about your recent subscription to the Xbox Game Pass for PC. Now, this is uh, you're a bit of a, a late joiner here because this was pretty popular during the first few weeks of June when it was a when it was sort of unveiled uh, at E3 2019. So you've jumped on the Netflix for gaming bandwagon. We we were kind of. This was this was brought on by the fact that you were looking at Prey, right? Yeah, the Steam sales and stuff, and then the Prey was on for eight bucks, and mm-hmm. um, and so like for those who are not familiar with Xbox Game Pass, like I do not have an Xbox One. Let me just say that straight up, I do not have an Xbox One. It's it's the first time in many generations where I don't have all three consoles. I have a Switch, I have a PS4, I have a Wii U for all. It counts for, but I don't. I do, I don't have a an Xbox One, and partly is because they've made it so that you can play pretty much every Xbox One game anywhere. And I commend I commend that approach. And I have a gamer PC and stuff. So Game Pass, I'd I'd heard about, but I you know a lot of this stuff. Speaking of homogenizing, a lot of this stuff like Stadia, Game Pass, PlayStation Now, yay! What is it? Um, you know, whatever the thing is that people got Anthem early uh, on. Uh, Origin Plus. Access, I think. Origin, yeah, Origin, whatever. Like, <laughs> all of these things, you play X, Super Plus Plus, Extra Plus. Like, I, I, all of these things kind of bleed together for me, and I don't understand, like, what's the difference? What's the concept? What do they do? And, like, or I thought I did, yeah. but I, di- I didn't really. And the, the one that seemed... To me, to be kind of like, you know, tantalizing was Xbox Game Pass because it seemed to be like you could just pay a subscription. Mm -hmm. Like you use Netflix for games as an example. That's that's a good example. You pay a subscription. You have to have a system, be it the Xbox One or a gaming computer that can run the stuff. So it's not running remotely like a Stadia is. And then you then you can just like download and play to your heart's content out of their out of the existing library, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so I was just like thinking about it. And I'm like, what's the catch? Because that seems super sweet. Like that was part of my my thing, you know. And, and Game Pass still has the sale going for the first month. Game Pass for PC, it's a dollar for mm-hmm. a month, and then it's five dollars per month while it's in this beta, and then it's going to go up to ten when it launches a month. But right now, it's like I, I'm I've paid a dollar to a yeah. Xbox Game Pass. So with Game Pass, so Game Pass for Xbox, so Xbox Game Pass has been around for at least two or three years, and and the way I would subscribe to it is they have those dollar deals a lot. So they would have a dollar for a month, $2 for two months, like these little deals just to kind of get you back in, get you a taste, and then hopefully get that extra subscription for the 10 bucks. And Xbox Game Pass for PC is a separate subscription, so it doesn't kind of go back and forth uh, the way you would think. Although I think there is some cross-play games that you have. At, so there's so there's Xbox uh xbox anywhere xbox play anywhere which says it's an xbox game but you buy it once if you buy it digitally you buy it once and then it's available on both pc and and xbox that's where there's sort of some some cross play there in terms of having a specific specific subscription and being able to port it over but the really cool thing about game pass is that it it, it was the first to kind of do this right and that it is sort of the all you can eat buffet you pay one one price for the month and then you have all the games on the service. You could download and install them all if you wanted to. Not that you would it's have the insane. hard drive space, but you could do that. But see, it's insane because, like, I I feel like, I think I feel like, um, like I did when I first got Netflix. And at that time, now people recognize the limitations of Netflix a lot more. Like the fact that things go off Netflix, things come on. Mm-hmm. It is when I first got Netflix, I was like, it's like I ha- own all of these things as long as I keep paying the fee. It's like I have all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and uh, now people are a little b- b- bit more cautious about that. But Xbox, yeah, there's three tiers of Game Pass. There's the there's the console version, there's the PC version, and then there's the Elite version mm-hmm. where you get, for 15 bucks a month, you get Xbox 
you get it on console and on PC, and you get the Xbox Live subscription for the year, uh, which which is already like an Xbox Live is un- not needed unless you have, of course, an Xbox One, which I do not. The big thing is that the the, um, the amount of games on the PC version is much less than the Xbox uh, version, and it's more curated. Uh, that, well, there's there's a hundred games mm-hmm. on one, and there's like three hundred on the other. But like the 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 one the one on Xbox One, there there are good games. Like the PC is missing out on some big ones, including some that are that were released on both platforms. Like um, one game that I want to play is uh, that I've heard good things about is called the uh, what is it the Outer Wilds or Outer Wilds? Oh, is it not part and, of the Game Pass? It is on for Xbox One, but not yeah. for PC, right? It's, so so uh, the interesting part is like they so Game Pass has been around a little longer, and they um, they have this program called like First on Xbox, which which applies also to the Game Pass. So a lot of games, like uh, all first party Microsoft games, will launch on Game Pass day one. That includes both the PC and the Xbox version. Now, Outer Wilds was an indie game, ex- like. Not exclusive yep. anywhere, but it's indie, and they kind of they have it on Game Pass day one. But yeah, right. It's weird that they haven't kind of they haven't done it for PC. Although Void Bastards, which is a similar game, yep, similar it is on PC. Yeah, it's on both, and that was day one for both Game Passes. So like maybe they're working up to it. It's still in beta, but um, but see the th- the thing is that's a good example. Like hmm. I looked at, so I price checked a couple of these games because it's like Void Bastards, for instance, was one I was I was kind of. Con- kind of interested in a little bit and i was like oh maybe i buy that and it's not on sale on steam it's still relatively new it's like 30 bucks okay mm-hmm. and another game that i was interested in playing was slay the spire i almost bought that on um switch it's also in the 30 dollars some 30 dollar range but it's one that i may be interested in but i'm not 100 percent sure and even if i'm so cheap that i'm not even 100 percent sure i'm comfortable playing like 30 bucks for a game like slay the spire that i might just play occasionally right mm-hmm. and um and so it's on like soon as i got the game pass i was like wow this is crazy because first off you're right the day one release and it's not even just microsoft games like there's a game that i knew that i was going to buy later this year the outer world outer worlds which mm-hmm. is like the uh fallout-esque obsidian rpg it's going to be day one on xbox game pass and so like it's going to come out. I would have spent $80 on that game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And now it's just like whatever. It's just going to be there. And uh, I'm not sure if you remember the days like of going to Blockbuster or wherever on the weekend uh, mm-hmm. and having like five bucks or six bucks and being like, I'm going to rent a game this weekend and you're super excited about it. And you go and you look at the game styles and you're like, sometimes you're renting the same game week in, week out. Other times you're like, you're getting you're getting a, a a new thing. You're like, oh, I'm gonna try this game or whatever. Uh, but and then you only have it for the weekend, and then you know you bring it back afterwards. You try to get as far as you can in the weekend. <laughs> well, Game Pass is like you're paying essentially the cost of one video game rental, except you have all these games, and it's crazy. And so, mm-hmm. like, I installed Slay the Spire. I installed Unavowed, this uh, adventure game, and I talked about Kathy. Um, was it Kathy Rain or something? It was another adventure game by this company that I'm a big fan of, Wadjet Eye Games, and I have a soft mm-hmm. spot for adventure games. So I downloaded Slay the Spire. So I was going to buy that game, and it's, like, 20 bucks mm-hmm. on Steam or six, 17 bucks Canadian on Steam. Slay the Spire is like 30 bucks on Steam. And one game that I, I I have wanted to play on Xbox One and I was waiting for a PC port was uh, what's the game uh, that the uh, spy, they made Spider Man Insomniac before oh, that? Spray um, Sunset Overdrive. Yes, yes, thank you. So S- Sunset Overdrive. So I haven't played that one yet, but I downloaded it as well. Hmm. So I've played two of these games. One that one that would have cost me thirty some bucks. One that would have cost me twenty some bucks. I'm out a dollar, and I just think like, holy shit, this is too good to be true. I feel exactly the same way I did when when Netflix came out, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm just paying this essentially a pittance, and mm-hmm. I get all these games. Like, what's the catch? Yeah, and, and I mean, honestly, with the releases that are coming out between now and the end of the year for from microsoft for xbox and pc you could you could basically subscribe each month 
uh, canceling as you go if you really want to and kind of resubscribing as games come out and just do it that way. And honestly, like your saves don't disappear. They're, they're on your cloud. They're in your, they're on your account. They're on your, your, your computer. And when your subscription lapses and you resubscribe, you just, you're able to jump right back in. No problem. Like I, I've had game pass on and off for the last couple of years and I will jump back into games and be able to pick right up where I left off. You know, so there is that that flexibility. It's just like Netflix. Like it would remember how far you made it into that episode of, of whatever. Like you just be able to jump back in, even if you canceled your subscription and came back. So the it, thing I don't get, Ryan, mm-hmm. like, um, is uh, or, or I do get, but I find it like it's like brain breaking because I'm super cheap, right? Oh, yeah. So like. So I'm super cheap, especially with myself on video games. Like I just feel like – so now I have this thing where like – I don't know how you are with Netflix, but I – I because I have Netflix and, and Amazon video or whatever and I barely watch all the shit there is on there, I cannot bring myself to buy a Blu-ray of something pretty much. Like unless, unless I absolutely need to see that movie for whatever reason mm-hmm. or I can't I, – I just I'm like I can't justify it. So like here I have this thing where where there's a ton of games, many of which I want to play. So let's go back to the example of Prey. Mm-hmm. It was like seven ninety nine on Steam sale, eighty percent off. Seven ninety nine. That sounds that's ridiculously cheap for a triple A like arcane experience game. But you know what's cheaper than seven ninety nine? One dollar, and that's that's essentially what i i'm paying and mm-hmm. i will play like or i know how i play dishonored i'll play prey for like two weeks like i'll have a really great two weeks playing prey but then i'll finish it and i'll never touch it again like so it'll sit in my steam library so i mean for me it just makes perfect sense to, ha- to have this thing it caters yeah. to people like me who are single player gamers who who play a game then move to the next game, move to the next game, might have a casual game and a hardcore game. I can see that the people it doesn't cater to are lifestyle gamers, people that play the same game over and over season, you know, season after season. Cause that would be dumb. Like that would be dumb if you're playing the same, like I've been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey for like months now. Like if I, if I had, I probably would be like, I've played it for three months. I would be 15 bucks if it was five bucks a month, 30 bucks if it was nine ninety nine a month into it but that's still way cheaper than 79.99 which is what it is in canada yeah i well the thing is like i think you're right like the subscriptions i'm the same way with netflix like i don't really buy blu-rays unless you know i would either rent the movie to watch it again once and if i feel like i'm going to watch it more than that second time out of theaters i will pick it up like the last blu-ray i bought is actually the 4k version of spider-man into the spider-verse because i love that movie so much i will watch that movie probably you know multiple times in the near future and i think i even got it on sale for so for 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 a 4k version it was actually decently priced um but with video games the game pass especially early on wasn't covering sort of that day one for me like so but now with right, microsoft yeah. titles being day one like it's actually a viable option and even to the point where gears 5 which is launching i think in september you get to play it early if you have the xbox game pass ultimate and you get the ultimate edition of the game which includes all the dlc so it's an interesting perspective from my my side because there and i think you can still do this there's it's not a glitch it's a it's 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 a system that addresses the fact that they have this new tier called Xbox Live Ultimate. So when you upgrade your account to Xbox Live Ultimate, it combines all your active subscriptions into one and 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 actually says so if you have 10 months of Xbox Live and 2 months of uh Game Pass, it combines them and gives you 1 year of Xbox Live Ultimate. Uh for the dollar it costs you to upgrade plus whatever you would pay for your old subscriptions. So what I did was you could go out and buy Xbox Live Gold for like 60 bucks for the year, add that on your account, combine it all together, and then suddenly, like when you upgrade to Ultimate, you've got a year and a bit of every service that Microsoft offers. And I believe that system is still in place. Not very good for you, you don't have an Xbox One, but for people like me who have those a need for those three platforms, it's a stellar deal. So now I have... I have Game Pass until November 
2020, which basically covers me right through till Halo Infinite that's coming out next I mean, year. It, it's just crazy. It's just crazy because like Gears, Gears Five is like going to be seventy, you know, seventy nine ninety nine game. It's eighty mm-hmm. bucks, right? Yeah. So it's like soon as you save yourself the cost of one of those games, it's crazy. Like Nintendo just had this thing right now. It was like the Nintendo vouchers. Did you hear about this? Yeah. No, I actually I bought four of them because it's the cheapest way to get Nintendo games. They never go on well, sale. They, no, for sure it is. It's like the concept for for you listeners where you could buy these vouchers mm-hmm. and essentially if you bought, you know, like it, it was just like you redeemed them for games, but it gave you a slight discount on the game. But as Ryan said, Nintendo games never go on sale. So like for 130 Canadian dollars, like bearing in mind it's like $80 per game should so be 160 for two games. Hmm. You can get two games for 130. So you're, sa- you're, you're saving money in that regard. Um, the thing is, Ryan, and like I, I want to seg into what I see here in the show notes because I'm curious about sure. uh, this game that you're playing. Um, so their Switch has had a stellar July. It's had three major releases, all three of which I have some, some if not a strong interest in playing, which is Mario Maker, mm-hmm. uh, which we've already talked about, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and now uh, the fire, the new Fire Emblem game, right? Yeah. And so so but each one is eighty dollars. Yeah. And like I, I and I'm like well I have Game Pass. My time is valuable. I, I now have a bunch of games like I've never played and this is a thing, like when you get Game Pass I haven't. Ha- I I have a PS4 and a Switch and a gamer PC. So I actually never played Gears Four. I never played. Uh, I barely. I played a beta of Sea of Thieves or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. State of Decay. All those Microsoft exclusives. That I that you know like whatever. Some are good. Some are bad. I miss them entirely. It's like getting a new console. Now I'm like, oh man, I can play all of those. And so like to then to then be like oh I'm going to shell out on top of that $80 for any of these games it be, suddenly the price of the game seems way more expensive like I'm like oh geez I'm paying a dollar for Game Pass so like why would I pay $80 for for this one game I'd have to really want that game <laughs> so Fire Emblem is is the game that is the the one that is kind of like because I know that there's a lot of hours that would come out of that game that I could bring it around camping that I could do different stuff. I see that you're playing it. I've talked enough. What do you think about it? So it's, it's interesting. You bring up the, the, the funny thing is like with game pass, you got to be careful. It doesn't, for you, it's different. Like for me, I like to play games right away. I have a show that kind of requires, you know, active content. So that, that also falls in line with the way I play games. Um, Honestly, I think even if I didn't have the gamers in or the show or any of the other gaming podcasts I do, I still would play games this way. I would still buy them day one. And, and especially Nintendo games. I know a lot of people are adverse to buying digitally Nintendo games because like they don't go on sale, they hold value very well. So if you are that type of person who likes to trade your games in, those vouchers aren't a good deal. But for me, like it's very tough to find a Nintendo game at launch at a discounted price. Now, sometimes you can pre-order well in advance during an E3 sale. I've been able to get, you know, Nintendo games thirty dollars off, twenty dollars off. But, but now those deals are slowly going away. And this year, I think the the voucher system just edged out, or came just below the, um, or just a, a little bit above the uh, the physical copies. But honestly, I was getting sick and tired of receiving my Nintendo games days after release because, like you said, we have limited time, and oftentimes I'll be like, this game comes out today. Or Friday, Friday, I'm going to make sure I move everything out of the way. I, you know, talk to Ashley, you know, say like, hey, this game's coming out. It's very important to me. Is it okay if as soon as the kids go to bed, I just go downstairs and play my game? It's like, yeah, of course, no problem. Um, so Fire Emblem Three Houses was one of those ones that I got with the voucher because I couldn't find it for sale. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem, uh, you know, evidenced by the fact that I have a show solely devoted to its mobile game, Summoner's Call. Um, the show is Summoner's Call, but um, it's a uh, so, th- so Fire Emblem Three Houses is really interesting because it's similar to Fire Emblem games in the sense that it has like the grid-based combat, turn-based combat, you know, strategy game with heroes and characters that you're you're learning about um, over the course of the game. You're building relationships. There's a grand you know fantasy RPG story happening in the background. The biggest difference here is that the the metagame, 
that is normally kind of reserved to like a hub world, a little hub world kind of like the, I think in the 3DS games, uh, Fates and Awakening, they had like a little town builder that you could you could kind of you know build up over time and you you know take you five minutes to kind of walk around and talk to everybody. In this one, you're a professor at a school, and the entire school is 3D rendered, and you walk around it, and you talk to your students, and you engage with the other staff, you talk to people, you do quests, there's fishing, there's gardening, there's training, there's tournaments, like, it's this huge expanded world uh, that, that they've given you here, outside so of the normal offering that is Fire Emblem. Sounds like Persona. It's very much, yeah, I have not played Persona, but a lot of people are comparing it to Persona. And funny enough, the art style, the same lead is from Persona 5. So you've got that that vibe to it. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. Can, can we just slow, slow the train mm -hmm. uh, and, and roll back here? Did you just say you haven't played Persona? No, I have not played Persona, any of the Persona games. Oh, Ryan, you really got to play Persona. <laughs> is Persona. So here's the thing. Persona 5 is a game that I think I had in my hands for $20. Maybe maybe digitally in my hands for 20 bucks, And that would that was the sweet spot for me. Like, okay, $20, bucks, i will buy this. Because I know it's a huge game, and I, and I know I might not like it. But at $20, I can pick it up, experience it, and probably not finish it because it's like a three-hour RPG. Um, but I never did it. Because I kept thinking there'd be a Switch version. Then they announced that like Persona Five Switch Muso game or whatever, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess it's not happening." <laughs> you know, um, I think I still think that there's a good chance that it will. I I will say that like I don't know if you have a PlayStation Vita, um, but uh, Persona Four Golden was the one that really got me. I had a Vita that I inherited from somebody, and I was like, oh, yeah, I hear this is the best rated game, and I'll play it. And I thought exactly like you did, which is, you know, I don't have much time. I'm never going to finish this game. I'll just try it out, see what the fuss is about. Started playing it, whatever, whatever. You know, mm. it's just a game. It's whatever. And then then as I started playing, I'm like, oh, geez, I, I think I'm starting to get hooked. And then, then it, like, hooked in big time, and I finished Persona 4 Golden, which is – a big deal because a it's super long and b um, it's uh, I you know time time is at a premium. Mm -hmm. I so I, I was Persona Five. I was like full price. You know I need Persona Five in my life. And, and when I came out, I really really enjoyed that. But I will admit I did not finish Persona Five. I got really far in it. Right. But uh, some I think Breath of the Wild or something like that came along. Is um, Persona? So here's the thing about Persona Five, like, and Persona in general, because for Fire Emblem for me, like. The strategic combat is a lot of fun. I like, you know, building up my units and the turn-based strategy. I really like that. But I also really like the developments you have with your characters as you get to know them and you unlock conversations. Like, that's that's also a favorite part of mine. Um, is Persona 5 a similar deal where you really enjoy the character interactions and the story and then the combat as well, but, like, it's kind of the package, not just the gameplay? Do you, like, does that make sense? Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna say yes. It is exactly that deal, okay. uh, and uh, <laughs> probably like when you're descri describing it, I'm like, yeah, maybe even more so. Like Persona, obviously being a, more of a traditional RPG, and that you have a party and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff, probably even leads further into the characters. And okay. I don't, I don't want to sidetrack with Persona persona talk here but like in each persona game there is like i guess a gimmick if you will and it involves like your characters growing in in some way uh in persona 4 it's fighting their inner fear or is that persona 5 anyway it doesn't matter bottom line is they, they there's big time character growth there's characters that you start by hating and then you really start liking they all interact together you know you hang out you 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 hang out on weekends with your friends and like get hmm. to know them more. You can hang out more with one person. You each character and persona has like a relationship bar and like you can further that relationship with each of the, the characters and that will unlock skills and blah, 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 and so forth. So it's, it's very much, um, it's very much fun like that. And that I'll be honest, pivoting back to fire emblem. That is what appeals to me. When I saw the screenshots of the guy, the super anime dude, running around the school i was like oh man this is like medieval 
Persona 5, you know, and mm-hmm. I got excited. It's very much like what you're describing, and, and it's kind of weird. Have you played another Fire Emblem game before, or is it, would this be your first one? No, I see, and this is it. I, I have Fire Emblem Awakening, which I quite enjoyed on the okay. th- a 3DS, but I never finished it. So part of me is like, well, I didn't even finish that one, so why shell out 80 bucks for another one, right? I should just go back and play that one, which I won't do, obviously. Um, I think, like... So here's the thing. I'm playing on Switch, and I've I've gone back and forth. I've done, you know, it on the TV, and I've played portable, and it, and it very much, you know, transitions well. Um, so with Fire Emblem Three Houses, the way the core gameplay is structured is it, is it, it's monthly. So you have a calendar month, and you are a professor. So each Sunday is considered free time where you can choose to explore the grounds, and you have activity points. So those activity points can be put towards training certain quests uh having dinner or tea with uh, your friends to boost your your support levels um and then oh my god it's exactly persona like it's the same game well and uh, i guess it is maybe like I, I i don't know i have not played persona and it's kind of interesting that we're like kind of passing each other in the dark and that you are a big persona guy and i'm a big fire emblem person and we're kind of we're literally describing the same thing and clueless about the other <laughs> but um so yeah, in your free time, you also run around the schoolyard and kind of talk to people. There are like lost items you can turn into folks that are like little mini quests where it's like, this person lost their book on sweets. They probably really like chocolate. So like, oh, did I talk to someone who knows who likes chocolate? I'll return the item there. And then again, that boosts your level and gives you that sort of incentive to actually do these, you know, sort of tedious tasks. Um, and then, you know, there are there's uh, there's an option to do like a seminar where you kind of are able to boost some of your stats by talking to other, going to a, a training seminar. And again, it sounds super boring, but it is like kind of like, like this quick thing where there's a bit of dialogue and then your 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 skill bars go up and it's it's that, you know, sort of numbers going up feeling. And um, and then as the, as the uh, school, as the month progresses, every Monday you have uh, lectures. So you can train your students. And again, sounds super boring, but really what you're doing is you're just going through a menu and saying, okay, Bernadetta, I want you to be an archer. Um, and it's I see here you have a hidden skill in writing, so I'm going to kind of like put a bunch of points into archery, but I'm also kind of going to slowly build up your writing to unlock that hidden sort of mastery that you don't feel you have, but I can see right there in the menu that it clearly shows me that you have it. Um, and that's like a harder path to take, but it's worth the effort because then you unlock a very strong, you know, skill in this, in this unit that you wouldn't have normally had. Uh, and it, and that's sort of the meta game. So it's, it's kind of like 10 times deeper than any other Fire Emblem game from the meta standpoint. Um, Ryan, I'll stop you right there. Okay. There's about 15 sexual euphemisms in that statement. That Is I, there? I, I, I walk by and, but... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to stop you before I I, I go nuts on, on this, but like fire fire emblem fire emblem to me it feels like it it's my bag except that I just right now because I just stepped out of Assassin's Creed sure and like I don't know if I'm gonna go back another 300 hour game just and I feel like that that's what it's well, gonna be you know like, here's the thing yeah well it's not 300 hour game it's so what they've said is like it's an 80 hour game. Uh, but there are multiple houses you can play through. So at the start of the game, you have a choice. There are three houses. So you can back, you basically become a professor and a professor of that specific house. So it's kind of like Harry Potter in the sense that you can like pick Gryffindor, or, you know, Hufflepuff, blah, blah, blah. But in this case, you're picking like Black Eagles, Blue Lions, or the Golden Deer. And those open up. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it's like you could be. The eagles, or the lions, <laughs> or you can be the deer. Hey, <laughs> the deer are pretty sweet. Don't get don't yeah. get me wrong. It was a, it was a tough call. I went with the black eagles, but um, it's less about the house and more about the characters. So when you pick a house, those characters then become your students. So those are the units you use in gameplay, and you're, you've already recruited them, so you have more opportunities to to talk and engage with them. So in the game, you're kind of like you're talking to all the units and you're kind of saying like, okay, I really like this core group. So I'm going to go with that house for my first playthrough. And then in your further playthroughs, you can kind of experience other houses, storylines. You can still recruit other people by like sort of enticing them over to your house by saying like, oh, um, I would only join your class if you had a higher skill in lances and 
strength, you know? So it's like, okay, I can build up those, those skills and then kind of, you know, uh, recruit that student over to my house. Um, so there are opportunities to kind of have people jump ship and get more characters that you might be wanting for your playthrough, but, um, it supports multiple playthroughs. Uh, obviously I'm like just about 10 hours in, so I've just scrapped, scratched the surface. Uh, but in this case, this game, I don't think there's anything else like it out there that you could be playing outside of maybe booting up Persona 5 again, but you're still missing out on that core strategic gameplay loop that I really adore uh, with Fire Emblem. Cool. So I, I think, yeah, if you're going on a vacation and you've got like a good chunk of portable time, like this would be a good investment. And honestly, the- like getting those vouchers, like get Fire Emblem Three Houses and maybe save that voucher for like, so I don't know, Animal Crossing think. or Luigi's Mansion in the coming months. Or even Link, Link's Awakening. Yeah, Link's Awakening would be what I would use it for. Although even that, like I, it's funny the value of games, eh? just because it's mm. like Link's Awakening was such a triple A Game Boy experience, but I know is by today's standards, not like a really meaty Zelda thing. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun, don't get me wrong, but it'll be over a lickety split. Um, the uh, Just, just t- time cognizant here, yeah. Uh, I I did want to signal, and I think this is for a future episode. Uh, Jesse and I had a date night to go see Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, It was funny. I think she forgot how much she enjoyed Spider-Man Homecoming. So she really, really liked uh, Far From Home as well. Like, I think it was surprising to her how much she liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. uh, But I think you and I have decided that we're going to do a spoiler cast on that one at one point. Yeah. So, uh, And I think in terms of the interest of time, like... um because we've got a good chunk of diaper stuff to talk about, like with Stranger Things. So just so I think last week you had finished or last episode, you'd finished season three. Yep. Um, I talked about, you know, oh, I should check that back out. And Ashley and I forgot how much we enjoyed the show. So we blew through season two. We're now I think we got two episodes left of season, season three. So maybe the next episode could be a, a double header in terms of spoiler cast. Because I don't know if you could do a whole episode on uh, maybe you could for Spider-Man. But either way, um. I would say, like, the ranking you gave for Stranger Things last episode, not to dwell, dwell too long on it, but it was like, what'd you say, 3-1-2 was your order? No, uh, it's not my order. It's the commonly um, mm-hmm. held, and I think my, my order would stand with the commonly held order, which is first is best, third is second best, second is the third best. Like, they're all good, but second is the least good of the three. Um, and... Uh, uh, I don't know, like like the episode that I sort of was dancing around last week. Um, mm, and, and I, I did experience not, that episode. We're not doing the spoil. We're not doing the spoiler cast yet. But you probably know what episode I mean now. Like in season different in season in two. Season two. Yeah, yeah, I mean that came and, out years ago. So like you, we're basically talking about the episode where L kind of goes off on a on a yeah sister finding mission, right? Yes, exactly. And there's a whole new cast of characters. There's yeah. a whole different thing. It's outside of Hawkins. Tonally, it's kind of different than everything from before. It almost feels like what, what you would call a backdoor pilot, like uh, the idea that like mm. it feels like that they were launching another TV show and they're like, let's introduce all these characters and then have them be in their own show. You know, it almost felt like that. But because um, they were really like, here's a new character and he, this guy's like this. And this is anyway, that episode was very divisive amongst the fan base where a lot of people felt it stuck out like a sore thumb. It didn't really like, you know, like for the greater plot of season two, it was unnecessary. Uh, and and I will say it's not a big spoiler in season three. There's no real reference to it, you know, so it's like it didn't happen. Almost, oh, you know? so. OK, well, then that's so, that's a, that makes it more unfortunate. Maybe they realized that they. Well, I think they had a lot of backlash for it, and they just have backed away from it, at least for the time being. So, But it's just one episode in the season, and mm-hmm. season two, I think, had one or two more episodes than the other two seasons. And so, like, it, you know, you could just... Uh, yeah, it, did, it felt like a momentum killer, because I think it happened right after a cliffhanger, and then yeah. the time-wise, the next episode was, like, the end of the of the you know, um, uh, what's the word? Controversial episode essentially ends at the ending of the previous episode. So you were, it, there was no time loop. And even then it felt like the ending of that to get L back to Hawkins felt like kind of like a, 
you know, Indiana Jones red line map sequence. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt it and, and, but I come, I don't know, like I kind of really liked season two if you remove that episode and I didn't. Really oh yeah. So, but no, like, it's, it, it, it's all good. And the alchemy of that series, as I talked about last week about how it's like mixes everything. And like, I guarantee you, I don't know for sure, but that Ashley, probably super enjoyed it as well and maybe not even for the same reasons that you did but i know jesse really enjoyed it like everybody enjoys stranger things there's something for everyone in it i think it's the way to me i think the thing that stranger things you know does so well is just the is the way they portray kids is it doesn't matter that it's in the 80s it doesn't matter that it's in the late 80s and heading into the early 90s but it just it feels like they just they really portray kids of that age and you remember what it's like. Like you remember, how, like you don't remember, you know, monsters chasing you around or whatever, or being psychic. But you remember being that age, and they nail it. And that's, I think, what keeps me watching that show. I think season three feels like much, much darker in the in the things they're portraying on screen. There's more death. Season two felt like a sort of lighter affair. Like there was less from what I recall less death like season one had some shocking moments season two kind of dealt with the aftermath of season one and kind of a bit more on top of that obviously there was death but it wasn't like as shocking or gruesome as we're getting in season three but anyways we'll um well we can talk more about that I've got two episodes left we'll see how that ends I'm looking forward to more oh wow yeah Um, you're right at the end yeah we're really powering through so Ashley and I are really enjoying it um but let's uh, let's so. let's change some diapers because I want to know how Breath of the Wild is going with Gwen. Part two, how's it going? So I, you know, maybe I didn't give Gwen enough credit. I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I, like I thought Breath of the Wild was going to be a bust. Like there's just a lot in there, and she's four. Like she's turning five, and yeah, she's watching and stuff like that, and and mostly not. Uh, she's not as involved as she will be when she's a bit older. Um, but but man no it's been it's just been like going really great she wants to play it we've had some a couple of good weekend sessions uh she enjoyed it and it's the first 3d game like she played snipper clips but this is the first 3d game where she wanted to take the controller and run around herself Mm -hmm. i at first had to um to, to demonstrate saint like patience because like my my video game brain is triggered and i i want to get to the next objective i the next thing i want to get there you know um uh, i want to do something i want to experience the world as it's sort of crafted where gwen just wants to watch the world burn essentially uh and uh she's she's you know we when we got to kakariko village which is like the sort of first major village that you probably go to in the plot mm-hmm. She wanted. To, she knew it was a safe area. There, there were no monsters that were going to jump out, and she wanted to like run around and and do things. And like we had this mission. It, every Zelda game's got this mission where you collect chickens. Yeah, yeah. And she, she's we're collecting chickens, and then she's like playing, and she gets in the chicken coop, and I had this giant hammer equipped, and she's like laughing as she asked me, "Daddy, how do I equip the hammer? Ha 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 ha! How do I use the hammer?" And I'm like, "It's the X button. It's this button here." And then she hits it, and then like just holds it and link starts spinning around hitting all the chickens in the coop you know and they're Uh-oh. all like gah, 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 gah. and of course a- anyone who played a zelda game knows what happens next which is all the chickens start attacking her <laughs> and i thought it was so funny but she thought it was hilarious it was like just Aww. crying laughing so there there is a ton of there's a ton of stuff like that because there's so many variables in breath of the wild which after playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is, don't get me wrong, a beautiful open world game, but is really like there's one way that you can interact with that world, and that is by hitting it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's, you've got combat, and then you can like pick up items and then forget it. That's it. Whereas in the Zelda world, it like everything is like, everything feels tangible and you can grab stuff and mix stuff together, be it cooking, you can use magnet powers and, and cause all sorts of chaos. And for, for Gwen, it's funny how like Breath of the Wild teaches a bunch of stuff, like just like, you know, and anything from like, you know, when, when there's a thunderstorm and you hold an item of metal and it starts lighting up and like it attracts lightning to hit you. Yeah. But like Gwen, Gwen and I had a huge conversation about lightning and cause and effect following following that you know she's like what's going on and i'm like 
well, so the way metal works and then we have that big conversation. And obviously the numbers I mentioned last time about equipping gear, um, there's a lot, but there's just a lot of like little learning things because it's so based. It has its own physics system, mm-hmm. like explaining magnetism and the magnet ability, explaining, uh, you know, stasis uh, and the fact that like you'll freeze something in time and then you hit it. And then when it unfreezes, it's going to shoot out in that direction because of how the energy is captured. Like We're having all these physics based conversations. Um, and sometimes it's like, uh, We've gone to a couple of puzzle shrines where you have to take the the Wii U pad and like move move it around and stuff, and she's uh she's had a real huge kick doing all that. So it's been a much bigger hit than I thought. The only thing is, um, definitely we're reached the point where she wants to have the controller more, and when mm-hmm. she wants to have the controller, she just wants to cause shit. Yeah. And uh, and I'm. I'm like, okay with that. You know, I'm more, I'm the supportive dad, but at the same point, I'm enjoying playing Breaths of the Wild again. And I'm sort of like, should I start my own playthrough? Because it's driving me nuts. Like we're going into these towns and wreaking goddamn chaos, like destroying everything. <laughs> she she wanted she wanted to know what the button is for throwing items. And so when she would take the controller, she would take my best swords and like throw them into a sheep's pen and then run all the way across town before giving me the controller back while laughing hysterically. And then I would take the controller, go all the way back, and then my items were gone and shit. And, uh, and she thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I, I was just like, yeah, it's really funny, but now it's getting really annoying. Um, <laughs> so, so it's quintessential adult playing with child, but yeah, uh, really good. And I, I feel bad for underestimating her. Uh, I think breath of the wild is, is crafted in such a way that it is very easy for kids to watch and feel like they're going on an adventure and, and, and to, to have agency in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would say to any listener who's considering playing it with their kid watching, like the art style, everything is really beautiful. Um, violence is handled in a very kind of, uh, it's, it sounds bad to say playful, but it's slapsticky. Like, like it's not, yeah. You know, people like poof into smoke. Like, it's not like they die horribly on screen. Well, like, it's more the hunting, right? Mm. So, like, the bad guys, Gwen wants me to destroy them. But, like, there'll be, like, a deer in the woods. And I'm like, oh, man, that's going to get me some nice some nice uh, raw meat for my cooking. And Gwen, and I'll be aiming my bow at it. And Gwen's like, Daddy, what are you doing? That's it. That's <laughs> an animal. And, and I was like, oh, oh, I'm like, uh, yeah, so... uh Here's the deal, right? Like the raw meat that you want to do the cooking with and stuff, like we get that from animals. So I got to shoot it to get the raw meat. And then she's just quiet for a second and then looks at me and then it's like, kill it, daddy. Um, I thought she was going to have a vegetarian now. No, no, no she's, she's just like, she, she's like, oh, oh, I get to cook with it? Take it out. And then, 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 I, then I shoot it. I shoot it. And then like when it gets hit, it's just like a puff of comic smoke and the deer is gone. And then miraculously there's like drumsticks on the ground. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, that's, that's how, that's how hunting works, Gwen. Yeah. How's that <laughs> so, learning uh, moment for you? Yeah. I'm like, let's do red dead two next. Oh you know? gosh. Um, yeah, would... But uh, so, so, uh, so yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been really, really fun. Um, and uh, I, I encourage it. You Like, I mean, a two-year-old, three-year-old, probably too young. But like, mm-hmm. once you're into four-year-old, like we played Wind Waker. We we've done um, Link to the Past. Uh, Ocarina of Time was a bust, and this one seems to be we're back on track. Like it's obviously way too long for her. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not gonna see it through, but we'll probably have a good time. She yeah. likes shrines. Oh, that's good. The shrines are nice and bite-sized too. Like you could even like, once the game gets really complex, you could just sort of like, okay, let's let's go do a shrine. Like even even park link at a shrine for the next time you play that might be a good way to kind of like keep it going a little bit and then maybe you can progress through some of the small shorter quieter bits where you're trying to get from point a to point b for quests and stuff so that might be a way to kind of keep it going a little bit longer yeah for, for, for sure it's like giving her um the controller more and more and letting her try different things, knowing that she's scared of monsters and like all the fighting I'm going to handle. Like, I I think that, I think that it's a really good sort of uh, video game to, to learn about 
adventure and games and all that. So I, I'm happy for the experience so far. I also think that it, it'll be good for the vacation time and then rainy days on vacation. Because I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be off for five weeks uh, as at the end of this week. And uh, we have some stuff planned, but we're still like we kind of left planning to vacation to the last minute a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, I'm I'm excited for that. I don't know what it'll mean for for this show for the next couple of weeks. I hopefully we'll will be available and we will figure it out. I know you have vacation too, mm-hmm. but before you get there, I, I, I hear things have not been as great. Shay Ryan. Yeah. So I don't know where to start the story first, but the interesting part is uh, I had my first experience with uh, a couple things with Caden. So one, I remember when I was a kid, I was a picky eater. Uh, I've, I've really bounced back even to the point where I'm in my thirties now and family members and even my grandparents will comment uh, when I eat something as an adult, like, oh, you eat potatoes now? It's so weird seeing you eat vegetables. Like, <laughs> I like, get that too. I, I'm like, I, I relate. I'm in my 30s. Like, you don't think I can evolve? I can grow as a person? <laughs> but uh, evidently not. Uh, but, you know, I'm... I'm kind of a hypocrite because like with Caden, I like to make sure that he's at least trying everything. I think that's being a good parent is making sure your kids try everything from a food standpoint, especially when you know it's not going to kill them. So for Caden, we were at my, my Nana's, so my grandparents, and they had cooked us dinner. So it was meatloaf, potatoes, and some veggies, like um, just mixed veggies. And I knew Caden would eat the mixed veggies. Caden won't touch potatoes. He loves French fries, but won't touch potatoes. I don't, I don't understand it, but he just won't. And but the meatloaf, he likes meat, so I figure like, oh, you'll you'll like meatloaf, buddy. Just try it. First couple pieces, he's like, I don't know, like it could have been the spices she was using or just whatever, but he just was not having it. And sure enough, I tried the third piece, and I'm like, come on, buddy, you love meat. This is really good, and I was really liking it. The meatloaf was good. So I give him that one piece and it just, I don't know, it catches him, hits his gag reflex, and then like his entire dinner, including the snacks he had just had, just ends up on his plate. And I felt terrible. Felt terrible because not only did I make my kids sick, uh, but did it in front, like I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't panic, but I didn't like come up with a smart solution that removed the vomiting child from the table so everybody else could continue eating. I just... And this is a this is a safe spot, safe place. I just took his plate and let him get it out of his system onto his plate in front of every at the dinner table. Just go ahead, buddy. <laughs> just get let, it out. Just let it out, man. And I uh, honestly like felt terrible, not only to Caden but also to the to the people around the table. So I was curious: has that ever happened to you? Where you like you're trying to feed your kids something and it just doesn't agree, and then they like. I'm not talking spit up or like kind of just spit it out or have a little throw up, but like literally his entire dinner, like three or four volleys, like it was not good. I would love to say yes, Ryan. That's okay. happened to me. That happens to me all the time. Not like all the time. Uh, with Gwen and Clara, like they both have this issue before. But no, Ryan, that has never happened to me before. Oh, so what you're saying is I'm just a terrible person. No, I'm I'm not. I'm just like like and Caden could be more prone to um, <laughs> to, to <laughs> vomiting, maybe than uh, than than Gwen. Gwen vomit vomits a lot, like uh, or not a lot, but like when she gets a flu in mm. her bed and stuff, and it gets in her hair and all that. But mm. like, never has has she vomited that I'm aware of from like eating at the at in the moment or whatever you know uh, yeah this um, is just one of those so. things where i think it just it was uh, a combination of everything but it actually turned out that caden was actually you know really sick so he so we went to the splash pad or the wading pool and then he came the next day he had like like sort of an allergic reaction all over his body just those little splotches and 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 then we thought oh it'll go away it normally does it's just like an allergic reaction but then he had then he's, he's, he was he was complaining about his eye and it you know he's like well we better take him to the doctor because his eye is starting to like uh his eyes were starting to goosh like leak um just gross stuff and uh gross yeah it was really it was like the first time where we actually had to take Caden to to the doctor and not the first time but the first time where you take him and, and they're like no yeah he's actually 
sick and you need to go get him a prescription you know any other time it was like no it's just a stomach ache like he's fine go home (laughs) you know how you are with parents like you kind of overreact to just the simplest things with your kids because they can't explain what's wrong you kind of have to just go based on their their limited understanding of what's happening to their bodies but uh in this case caden's He's got like this weird Poor double eye infection. Yeah, he's having a rough week, and Ugh. but outside of that, like a positive was, uh, and and maybe this is also uh, appears to make us bad parents, but um, it was Caden's last soccer game. We didn't want him to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> we figured he just had like just he he had an allergic reaction. And Don't worry about the eyes, Caden. Like, as long as you can feel the ball, it's probably around you. But don't use your hands and also, like, don't puke on the field. <laughs> and don't touch anything. And don't touch anyone. And don't, like, rub into anybody. Like, it, it went fine. Like, I, at that point, we didn't know anything was kind of wrong with him. We just figured he was, like, tired and he was having an allergic reaction. And his eyes were just, like, he, you know, when he's tired, he, he, he just gets his eyes start to they don't start to leak but they they start to just get droopy and sad and tired like like we all do when we're sad and tired um but like it was the last soccer game so we said okay after the soccer game we'll take him to the after hours clinic and just kind of get him checked out and sure enough it was like no this you should have we're glad you came because he needs he needs medication he wasn't like this boy needs medication he was badly like he wasn't like hurting but it was one of those things where like if you wanted it to go away you needed you needed medication so um but yeah his last soccer game i experienced sort of the uh my first experience with my kids where it's like everybody gets the trophy um and i gotta say the people who kind of poo poo everybody gets a trophy i think that's stupid they're kids they should all get a trophy because the the looks on all their faces when they got to the got the trophy was really cool so I don't know how, where you stand on that, but I kind of feel like it's fine when they're three. Let them have it. Oh, for sure. I, I think so, too. And it's like the, the only equivalent I have is like kindergarten graduation type mm-hmm. thing where like all the teachers did like little diplomas for each of the kids and read out something nice about each kid. And each kid had their moment in front of everyone else. And, you know, I think I thought it was nice and that there's no... Mm-hmm no harm when i was um when i was ski racing i was uh we did we did this thing where like we were a team for a ski hill and so i would i would race as a seven-year-old six seven-year-old for for warlage in wakefield and then there was there was other local ski hills and and what they did was that they would add all the times together Mm. and then at the end uh the team with the lowest overall time would win so there'd be 20 kids and we would win and lose together as a group of like 20 kids you know so so that that was the good next step i thought from the everyone gets a trophy format to yeah only some people are going to win but there's like five ski hills and gold silver and bronze and so only two of them are not going to win and if they don't win it'll be all 20 of the kids that don't win together their friends won't win but if they do win if we when we won we all won together mm-hmm. and then at, at a certain age you you go up to the individual competition and then i dropped out i was like forget this because i wasn't that good a ski racer yeah. and then i was like i'm gonna lose all the time so why would i do this well i think like yeah and this might even be like part of a topic not that we're educated on the on the fact of where where you kind of draw the line but i think for me with with three-year-olds and four-year-olds playing soccer, you can't keep score because it's just utter chaos. And I think the way they kind of, the way they kind of build the teams is they ask at the start, like, is he a dandelion picker? Is he you know, like an average player? Is he like, <laughs> you know, is he a bend? Is he bending it like Beckham? Literally the choices. And I think they put like a bending it like Beckham player on each team to kind of keep the keep someone on the ball so on our team every time we played there was always one player on both teams that would kind of like push the game forward as if they were actually playing soccer uh <laughs> but it, honestly it turned in it, it at first i was like well what can you really do about it but at the end i was kind of like it's just literally having the kids chase one kid around 
who actually knows how to play soccer and and he would never pass it and when you finally got him to pass it he would like look all frustrated because as soon as he passed it to someone the ball would just like fumble (laughs) you know but um yeah, it's 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 over. It was only ten weeks, so it's it, it was the end. The last week was this week. Caden's a little bummed that uh, he won't get to go back, but he's he's happy he got a trophy. Honestly, I think it's it's a neat program. Like I think it was like a hundred bucks. You get the jersey, uh, the jersey, the socks, the shorts, the trophy, a pizza lunch with your coach and your team on the last game, and then ten games. So like that's a pretty good value in terms of entertainment for ten weeks. Plus, he gets all this cool equipment. Plus, you get a, and you get a soccer ball at the end of it too, so you get to keep keep one of the soccer balls, which is nice. Um, but yeah, it was really you cool had experience. me, you had me at pizza lunch. Yeah, the pizza lunch was a bit like it was free topping pizza, and it was only for like the kids and the coach. So like Abby and Ooh. I, yeah, Abby and I just sat on the on the sidelines and we're like, we don't get pizza, Abby. We're kind of like secondhand citizens here whereas the coach ashley my wife and caden star not really star player but he did his he did his best um you know they get pizza we're just sitting on the sidelines kind of waiting for the scraps like a bunch of seagulls it was yeah why the hell do you give it to caden he's just gonna puke it up anyway (laughs) no like i think i think literally the puke was my fault but um he's uh he's he's a hurting unit right now like the the infection in his eyes has like it progressed a bit further, so I'm glad we got the medication. It's already starting to look better, but it's like, it's really, it's really uh, disheartening when he wakes up in the middle of the night and he, he can't open his eyes. You kind of have yeah, to nothing sadder than nothing Ugh. sadder than a sick kid. Like honestly, it's the worst. It's, I it, feel it, for you, buddy. I know, and you know what? He he's such a good sport too because he bounces back so quickly. Like during the day, like we were just running around when I got back from work. And he just runs around like he's in a good mood. You know, we were out till like literally nine o'clock, which is two hours past his bedtime yesterday. And we got home and he was still like in in a decent mood, you know, even though he, he was missing out on sleep. But uh, yeah, he's starting to feel better. I'm sure by the next time we record, he'll be a OK. But um, I hope so. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week, Crofton. Um, All righty. I hope you enjoy your vacation. I'm jealous. Uh, we'll we'll sort out some recording times for the near future, uh, and hopefully we'll have some updates for you in August on Crofton's vacation. Hopefully with Fire Emblem Three Houses, I th- I think you should get it. Um, and I will continue to talk about not taking a vacation. Although end of August, here we come. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, visit us on the web at tgistudios.com/dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. As Crofton says, we're both individuals. You can find Crofton at Crofton Steers and myself at R. Murphy. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple of weeks. Vacation! Celebrate good times. Come on! So you're on vacation right now? No. Oh.